Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS FM studios in Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Mark Finch. And today, along with your other hosts, we will be joining. But no, I'm going to introduce Eric first. So we've got a, a, a guest host, Eric Reeser, joining us today. He uh, works along with us at the uh, the fan station here in Columbus. You can hear him, sometimes me and him, on the Buckeye Show. That's probably the most common place you'll hear Eric. Eric, what else do you do at the fan? Uh, a little bit of everything. It's going to be weird making sure to call you Mark in this. I don't know if people familiar with this podcast are going to know you as Chops. Oh, no, but, we uh, call him Chops. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, perfect, because <laughs> I'm going to sit here and be like, so Chops, here's what I think. And if you're like a casual listener of this podcast and not of the fan, you're like, who the hell is this guy talking to? But everything you could potentially – anything you could do at a radio station in radio, I've, I've done and do. Um, so just for example, when we're recording this podcast – uh, I was up doing updates and then ONN sports in the morning. And then I ran the control board uh, and I guess uh, I'll use air quotes participated uh, in our <laughs> mid morning show. Well, very good. And uh, a belated, I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett uh, chops, Eric, what do you think of when I say, <sighs> I am your father. <sighs> I've never heard that before. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing, Nothing pops yeah. into my head. That is, that's not a pop culture reference that I'm familiar with. No, yeah, that's a, that's Star that's Wars. That's maybe the most mainstream. That's... What do you think of that we've ever done? Yeah, I, but it comes back. Yeah, probably. It comes I think back everybody around. would don't get worry. that one. Today we're going to be talking about. It's a, it's a little bit late, uh, admittedly, but we're going to be sort of honoring uh, this being Star Wars month. Of course, May the fourth is Star Wars Day, and we wanted to talk about. There's been this discussion amongst the nerds. How do you watch Star Wars? What's is there a right way to watch Star Wars? Um, you know, both the movies and and then broadening things to include some of the television shows. And so, obviously, on Nerd Association, I'm the one that uh, obsesses about Star Wars. Chops is familiar, but has is admittedly not the expert. So we thought we'd bring in another. Yeah. I'm a Star Wars fan. I watch the movies, but I don't have any super strong opinions yeah. or know a ton about like the lore. So we thought we'd bring in another super fan in Eric today to kind of talk about the different ways that you can watch the movies. And then again, by extension, adding in the television shows. I want to say up front, and Eric, I hope you agree with this idea. There isn't, we're not gatekeeping. There isn't a right way, but there are different ways, right? And so today we're going to talk about some of those. Eric, why don't you go ahead and jump in? Because we, we talked a little bit before recording today about sort of your preferred method. And as someone who's watched these films all of my life, I've never heard someone approach it quite like this. And I'm intrigued. So uh, fill us in. How, if you're going to watch the Star Wars movies, or if you're going to recommend them to a first-time viewer, how do you do that? So I'll say this. Star Wars is like wine. There's really no wrong way to drink wine, but there are so many varieties out there and there's something for everybody that it, it, to, to really get like the best experience, you might want to follow a certain road. But if you don't, it, it's still enjoyable and you still end up kind of getting the effect uh, of a good wine. And I think Star Wars is probably the best sci-fi or fiction uh, trilogy or fiction series that's ever been created because it spans decades. And it's something that grandfathers can have with their sons and the sons that are dads can have with their sons, especially with Disney plus and everything. And 
It was funny. I, I, I uh, just now that I think of the top of my head, like I just found myself on Disney Plus watching The Bad Batch, yeah. uh, which is a, a television show about the clones. And I, I can get into that a little bit later. But what I when, when I was pitched with this, I wanted to take it in uh, if I'm a, a person who has had not really heard of Star Wars or I, I, of course, you've heard of Star Wars. That's the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever said. <laughs> But it's someone who just, they know Star Wars, they know it's around them, they, they could tell you what a Darth Vader is, but they don't get the difference between that and Star Trek, and they say to themselves, okay, I'm bored, I've got plenty of time on my hands to kill, I'm going to try Star Wars. So, Eric, what, how, where should I start with this? Where should I begin with the movies? I'm going to try and go in, you know, some certain order, but help me out with setting the, I guess, the course for the, the, the gigantic seven or eight or nine course meal. And so I would tell anybody that just wants to start Star Wars from anywhere to start with A New Hope. And that would be fourth in terms of the chronological order of the nine films. So The New Hope's the, the one from the 70s with Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill in that role. And that's really, I think, where you start because it gives fans or it gives anybody, I feel like, the biggest appreciation for the series. It tells the best story or it gets you into the best storytelling, I think, of the the three different trilogies. The, the and it's where, it all, it's where it all comes from, too, unlike so many movies and series that are made today. There was no source material for Star Wars, just George Lucas yeah. and everybody he was working with were like, we're going to make this movie about space. And then all of a sudden now, you know, 40, 50 years later, it is what it is. Space and, you know, everything that goes into that, the movie is just it's really wonderful from a, a, ner a film nerd standpoint, even the little X-wings on the strings that you can see now that we're in 4K or, or whatever. But uh, for my second one, we're going in order here for this. The Empire Strikes Back, to my money, is the best Star Wars film. Um, I, I love everything about it from the start on Hoth to the end where it's I am your father uh, and the rebels figuring out where do we go from here after getting our asses kicked on Hoth. Um, then three, obviously, Return of the Jedi because it ties everything from that film series in. I, I hope I'm not doing too many spoilers, but that that's where the, the rebellion rises up to defeat the Empire one final time or so we think. Uh, side, side note on spoilers. One, we don't give a crap about them on this show. Okay. And two, it's been 40 <laughs> years. If you haven't figured that's it out true. by now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the, yeah, like the Luke, I am your father part, like that, You there's no way you haven't encountered that. And then too like if you don't know that the good guys win in star wars you're also pretty <laughs> yeah. like not in i mean just it. don't at me like it, we get it right if you want to be that contrarian <laughs> go for it and i mean not you eric but you the capital y if you want to be a contrarian and yell at me for spoiling star wars 40 years later go for it anyway continue <laughs> so for the the fourth one i'm gonna do uh, going back to just my wine reference a palate cleanser before you get into what's going to be the, the biggest slog of your Star Wars viewing experience. So for number four is Star Wars Rogue One. And it's a different story than the first three or than the four, five, and six, because it doesn't really have anything to do with the Jedi other than a couple of appearances by Darth Vader. But really what the film does did for me was give you a sense of how evil the Empire is, whereas A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi didn't as much they were bad but you know the, destroying alderaan that's bad but when obi-wan looks at the jawa sand crawler in the first one and says no these blasters aren't tuscan raiders they're too precise they must be imperial stormtroopers and then the rest of the series you watch them not able to hit anything it's comical and and rogue one does a good job of saying no these guys are bad dudes 
and you had like the death troopers that followed director Crady and, and those guys were in all black. And so you get a sense, well, the, these guys aren't to be messed with. And it does at the end of rogue one, spoiler alert, give you that transition into a new hope. So you wonder, okay, I heard about plans and I heard about death stars and Bothan rebels and all that, but where did those guys come from? Rogue One does a good job putting a bow on any questions you might have had for four, five, and, and six. And I think you're absolutely right that that Rogue One is great to make the Empire feel actually scary. I mean, that scene with Darth Vader is horror. It's a it's shot like a yes. horror film, and you hear about how bad Darth Vader is, and you hear about how vicious Tarkin is. Yeah, we get to see those things on full display in that film, and I think I think it's important. I'm glad it was made for that reason. I lo- I think it's I love it. I love all of Star Wars, but I especially think that's a movie that is a, a <laughs> yes. really great addition. I like Rogue One as well, but I, I think, Daniel, we've sort of argued about this point, and it was really more at the end of Mandalorian Season 2 about how it just comes back with Luke. But like for me, sometimes <laughs> the, the ominous uh, presence of Darth Vader was more than actually seeing him in action. I, I get the, the horror aspect of it, but uh, and that scene is really entertaining in a bottle. There's nothing wrong with the scene, and it it does help you learn a little bit more about the Empire. But there's something about Darth Vader never actually has to do anything because he's just that scary that I also liked. And that takes away from that just a little bit, but it's still a badass scene, so I'll let it I mean, Star Wars has never been heavy-handed with with showing you why Vader has the reputation. And so I don't mind a little bit of it here and there because I think, you know, he has this reputation— in legends he like is famous for committing genocides and you know yeah, just mass exactly murder. so i think giving us a li- like a few lightsaber scenes here and there isn't overselling and also that director krennic what his fight with obi-wan in the new hope wasn't enough <laughs> we've talked about that uh director director <laughs> krennic also the fact that he kind of has to go to darth vader to beg like beg him to uh you know give him the death star back just tells you where Vader is, where this like guy who thinks he, you know, director Krennic thinks he's smarter than everyone else. And yet he will go and grovel to Darth Vader to get what he wants. So anyway, I'm interrupting. Continue. That scene, <laughs> no, you're, you're that scene where he's just choking director Krennic and forgive me for calling him director Creedy earlier, but he's just like ambition. You know, he says some line about ambition. Where I'm like Vader, like the irony of Vader saying that being a Sith apprentice to a Sith yeah. Lord is built upon ambition. So, yeah, it, it, the I, I just want to add one thing about like the part in Rogue One at the end where he's just walking through what, what will become the hammerhead mm-hmm. vessel and, and just these the uh, rebel soldiers just in complete terror. And the, when the, the lightsaber pokes through the door after poking through yeah. the guy like for that for me, I'm like, that was perfect in telling and it you. was 20 seconds like mark your point your right. point your it's point so isn't, isn't doesn't fall on deaf ears but like all it took was 20 seconds of pure vader to be yeah. like oh crap <laughs> you're right it, it would be worse like it would be actually bad if it was a whole sure. movie of vader doing stuff like that like we don't we just yeah yes. one scene of him in action you're like <laughs> okay i get it now like that 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 makes it finally full circle of how scary Vader actually is. And not is. to derail us even further, but I think we're probably going to get another small glimpse of that in the upcoming Kenobi series, and I think it will be the right amount to just see a little bit more of Vader as, like, the ruthless badass, which you see a lot of, actually, in, like, Star Wars Rebels, you get to see a little bit more of Vader in an animated way, and he's just as badass there. But anyway, uh, continue. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to derail just a, a quick second yeah. <laughs> further. Vader in A New Hope 
it spends a lot of time on screen, but it's what's going on around him that you're more paying attention to. So at the beginning of A New Hope, every, you're focused on the chaos of the droids of 3PO and R2 trying to figure out like what's going to happen with them as they're kind of just waddling around the hammerhead and Princess Leia, what she's doing. So the focus isn't on Vader really in that much in that aspect. And then when him and Obi-Wan are fighting, um, I, I want to say it was on the death, the first Death Star. You're focused on like our, our Luke and Han and Chewie. Are, are they going to get out of it? How, how is that going to feel? And it feels like it's a side story that shouldn't be, but that's just how an, A New Hope was done. Right. But Well, he only he yeah, only has it, like seven minutes on screen in A New Hope. He feels like this huge okay. presence, but um, they didn't realize what they had in Darth Vader until after people no. saw it and he was the character everyone wanted to talk about. So, And then we go to the origins of Darth Vader, I believe is the next in your order, correct? This this is this is this is the difficult part of my task. Uh, I I would call this the toughest slog you might ever have to undertake as a movie watcher, as a, as a viewer of of cinema. So I, I'm I've met, I'm at five with this, and number five will be Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. So this will always have a special place in my heart because I was ten when this came mm-hmm. out, and I remember just the immense buildup to that movie being released. You bet I was in there at midnight. I was dressed up uh, as Obi-Wan. My brother was Darth Maul, even though he had no idea about this character. They'd already you know, released the, the merchandise for him, except for like the double-bladed lightsaber, which was the coolest thing in the world to see, like how he held the lightsaber sideways like a gangster. One end comes <laughs> out, and you're like, what's he doing? And the other one, and the entire theater loses its collective mind. But watching it again, you know, 20-some-odd years later, it's bad. It's a bad film but it tells important stories in terms of Star Wars canon. So you got to watch it if you want to understand everything that's going on and discover, you know, not only Darth Vader's origin story, but Padme Amidala's and the Organa family, how they're tied to Naboo and Senator Palpatine or becomes chancellor and chancellor becomes emperor. So to get it all, you got to watch this. Sometimes I wonder if they thought they were getting Macaulay Culkin by casting jake lloyd who was just coming off jingle all the way which is a mostly forgotten christmas movie and not on the level of uh home alone although i love jingle all the way but yeah, yeah it's such a great film putting him in that movie and giving him such a big part was the first mistake and then it uh <laughs> then making it all about like trade wars and stuff like or trade law or i don't even know it's been a long time since i've seen the phantom menace but i know it's bogged down with all that stuff. i mean i have eric like you i was I, the same age and and was there for the midnight showing and i i have much even today like p i think people are far too harsh on the prequels i obviously and we'll talk about it when we talk about sort of my viewing order but just suffice it to say that I don't think there is, I don't think they're as bad as some people want to say they are, except for Attack of the Clones, which even I, as like a as an <laughs> Uber fan, will only watch portions of and fast yeah. forward. But anyway, there there are people who are weirdly vindictive towards the Phantom Menace yeah. and like will rank it below Attack of the Clones, and it's like no, it's not also, that quick bad. Happening on Jake Lloyd, he was a nine year old kid actor. Like most, there rare it is very rare that a child actor is actually good like as good as an adult actor and if they are then they get themselves in trouble by the time they're 15 like give (laughs) well yeah i was gonna say i i I seem to recall some pretty good performances from macaulay yeah and uh, i I mean yes and see my other he's back on his feet now (laughs) at 40 <laughs> anyway, can... I will see your Jake Lloyd and raise you a Hayden Christensen. Well, so, I, I think everyone craps on him, but it's uh, 
Everyone talked about how the sequels would have been better if they had left him in George Lucas's hands, except there was already that trilogy, and it was called the prequels. Uh, George Lucas has great... He's a great big picture guy, but he's a terrible dialogue writer. The reason Empire yeah. is as good as I mean, it yeah, is Hayden because... Hayden didn't write the... The, the bad lines. Yeah, one. exactly. Ugh. He just had to do his best. I'm not going to give him a, a pass at all on that one, <laughs> okay. but I will say, Chops, to your point about like the Trade Federation and all of that kind of bogging down the Phantom Menace, it's all real important to kind of show just how Palpatine plays this universe into a right, conflict. both sides. And then plays that conflict into getting power to eventually become emperor. But you're right, if you're just a casual fan or someone who's just diving into these things for the first time, you'd be like, yeah, why? what the hell does this have to do with anything? Like, I didn't know I was getting a socioeconomics lesson from <laughs> Star Wars. Like, get this Jar Jar off my screen and, and just fight with lightsabers. <laughs> um, and I do think the my number six uh, is the worst of the the first three so when you go menace and then there's clones i agree with you daniel clones is such a difficult movie to get through still important yeah but woof. yeah i agreed there are again <laughs> i frequently will just put star wars on in the background and you know occasionally yeah. watch you sit down for the parts i like <laughs> and if it's a love scene with anakin and padme i'm not watching or i'm fast forwarding because it's just so cringy <laughs> And like way, like way creepier as an adult, like as a teenager, I don't, I didn't quite get all the, like the stalker vibes that now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's, I get why yeah. I get that you're like a kid who lost his mom and you're trying to make you like, you have a milf thing going on now, but, uh, buddy, real bad, <laughs> real bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just an absolute creep fest for most of the movie. But again, it, it it sets up that's important. So if you're trying to get the, a good grasp of everything happening in Star Wars, try, try your hardest to make it through clones. But if, and if you can now, correct, I do have one question about that sure. and the, the romance stuff. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jedis are allowed to bang. They're just not allowed to like be monogamous <laughs> and like marry. Yeah, that is correct. Which isn't yeah. that okay. funny. They're allowed to smang it. That's not a problem. But if they start getting feelings, then it's a, then it's trouble. Well, to be yeah, which, to be fair, for reasons that we we see, like it, the the Jedi yeah, the Jedi's right. philosophy is wrong, but we like see why it's dangerous. Then don't we? <laughs> well, it's very like cultish, and yeah. so I do think that's another one of the, the kind of underlying questions that they ask: Is it good to have such blind faith? in something that you know, when you have the council telling you what to do and again sets up for anakin obviously the fall becoming darth vader uh but again if you can make it through clones and yoda doing flips uh whereas before he had a cane try yeah but remember try remember when you were 12 <laughs> oh and, no and, i lost my mind yeah lost my friggin marbles yes but i i implore you to try make it through because i think you'll be you'll appreciate doing so and then I will give you for seven a palate cleanser in Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, I thought it was a really good movie. Uh, I thought the storytelling was great. And if you're just, again, a person who you, you watch a, a bunch of stuff, everything that comes onto HBO or Netflix or Hulu, you're diving into. You recognize a lot of these characters. You, you'll see, obviously, Daenerys Targaryen is in that movie. And then it sets up with a good kind of Darth Maul uh, intro at the end of the movie. But a, a great way to see how the rest of the universe lives in the shadow of the empire, in the shadow of these crime clans that take over everything, you get a, a sense of just how ruthless they are. Because again, I go back to you know Jabba the Hutt in the first three. It's like, well, they seem pretty bad. You know, he's eating frogs and throwing people in you know pits with the rancor, and then in the sarlacc. But 
it's cartoonish kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and Phantom Menace and clones, they have slaves, but you're not really focused on that because you're you're wondering what what's Anakin Skywalker. You're focused because there's Anakin Skywalker right. and what, what's he doing? What's Qui Gon trying to teach him? But Solo is a good palate cleanser between Attack of the Clones and then my eighth film, uh, Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. That's another. Your, your solo spot is an interesting one because that one could kind of go anywhere. It yeah. fleshes out the world and gives you, you know, some more details and stuff, but it's not really like an entry in the story. Cause even rogue one being a, a star Wars story and not technically in like the Skywalker saga, it still connects directly. It's right yeah. in. You can, you can see yeah. exactly. Yeah. What's happening in the timeline. So if you just kind of enter into it, you're not going like, what the hell's going on with this thing? You have a sense from watching uh, episodes one and two, and then, hope empire and yeah. jedi you're like okay i, I kind of understand what's going on here and it does give you a break from a lot that went on in attack of the clones because it's I, for, correct me if i'm wrong daniel but i think clones is the longest movie time wise of the of the first the six three. i can't um right. i mean i believe rise of skywalker is the longest one but yes of those okay. six i believe attack of the clones is the longest so or after if it's not Solo, it's like three minutes shorter than revenge of the sith something like that yeah yeah, and we'll get in the rise of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, excuse me, is also a chore, uh, but important chore. But I will go after you finished Solo, uh, and you're wondering what the hell is going on with this Clone War thing. Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith uh, is where you'll go after Solo. So you wrap up the first three. It, you know, Anakin becomes Darth Vader at the end. Spoiler alert! And then we you jump right into uh, A New Hope and all of that. So important to have that bow put on everything. But yeah, it's uh, what is being asked of you to do. Watch Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. If you're not a Star Wars fan, is difficult. And I understand that. With that being there, and then there's really just the three left. So I think I know where you're going to go from right. there. I'm wondering, would there be any that you would consider telling somebody that you could probably just skip this one? Or do you, are you a truest, like a true peer, purist and think, go through all of them? You got, I, I think you have to go through all of them i don't know if i can say just skip this one because you would have so many questions if say you skipped clones and went right from phantom to revenge of the sith or if like in my eight nine and, or my nine ten and eleven you started with force and then you went right into rise of skywalker you, you like a lot of things happened in the last jedi that you would need to know before you hit yeah. the the final film in what is this part of star wars canon Daniel, what about you? Do you think there's any you could skip? Yeah, kind. I mean, not if it's your first time. Although, no, if it's your first time, I think you can get away with watching only the cool scenes in Phantom Menace. If you watch the probably if you watch yeah. the things like this, the scenes bookending the pod race, and you watch the scenes bookending the lightsaber duel at the end, you will get about the what you need to get out of that movie. I will watch the whole thing because I think it's fun. I, Jar Jar is bad, but. I still have kind of a soft spot because when I was ten, he was kind of like, "Oh, that's he's funny." Um, <laughs> but if you like, if as a first-time viewer, I think you could probably just watch those bits and be okay. Attack of the Clones, I think, even if it's your first time, once you get a like, you figure out what's going on with Anakin and Padme, you can kind of skip those scenes. But I, I would, I kind of agree with Eric that like, if you want to get the nuances. If you're going into Star Wars because you want to and understand the whole universe, then you need to watch the movies. If you're going in as a casual viewer, those there are such large portions of those two movies that are bad enough that you could probably skip them and still get the point. 
somebody needs to make like a supercut, like cool scene. Someone Star Wars, has made a supercut. As a matter of fact, I believe oh, yeah. that's out there. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, um, everything like that exists for Star it, Wars. That's it actually my bad. is pretty decent. Of the the first, like the prequel trilogy, is a supercut, and I want to say it's like two and a half hours long, but it takes you know six hours worth of movie and breaks it down. Yeah. Has anybody done the worst parts of Star Wars? Oh, I'm cut? sure. That's got to be out there, but yeah. I couldn't imagine putting someone through that, even editing it. Like, you deserve a medal. As a person who can, like, you know, tell you the names of most of the people in the Moss Eisley Cantina, I wouldn't watch the worst parts of Star Wars <laughs> Supercut. <laughs> it's Star Wars, but I took out all the cool stuff and all the action. Right. Enjoy. Yeah. And so, I guess, you know, the, the order is obvious, but where do you weigh in on the sequel trilogy? How? What are your feelings on it? And, and there isn't a wrong answer, but just know that... Uh, I am. I'm not the kind of person that's going to crap on them unilaterally the way some people do. Uh, look, I I think they're all good. Um, they just for me they just take too long to get through. I, I do think you can really kind of go through and and ha- just hack large parts of each. So the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, the Rise of Skywalker, and still tell the story that you're intending to yeah. tell. Um, but. Uh, for some, I found myself after The Force Awakens looking in a little bit more to who was what because I don't necessarily know if they set up the First Order as well as they should yeah. have to someone who'd been out of Star Wars for a long time. And maybe they will come up with something to introduce these new bad guys because it feels like they're just, oh, and here's new villain we're yeah. fighting. It was basically like, yeah, remember they defeated the Empire? Well, the Empire's back. It's just called something different now. Yeah. I I mean, the thing that's sort of good news, bad news about Disney owning Star Wars is that those questions are out there and are answered, but unless you read the books and play all the video games. and Yes, exactly. And, you know, there was a series of of novels that came out before the sequel trilogy that didn't answer everything, because obviously they don't want to spoil, but set up a a lot of that in a way that just going in cold to the force awakens, it seemed kind of jarring. We'll get, we'll get to my feelings on the sequel show, but you don't, you're not a person that just hated them. You, you got some enjoyment no, out of I, them. They were good. I, I really enjoyed the force awakens. And I think mostly because it had been a while since, Oh, new star mm-hmm. Wars. This is great. And uh, the, the kind of the excitement there decreased steadily through of them. Cause I just feel like they take a long time to get through and, you know, like shut up and lightsaber fight I, I might be a, a delicate way to say it. But yeah, you know, just to have the credits rolling, like here are the new bad guys. And you're like, oh, what what have they been doing? Yeah. And yeah, you, to <laughs> to ask someone who's watching your film. Oh, no, no, no. You 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 can understand this if you go and read this book or if you go and search for it. like, no, I'm trying to just watch the I movie. Agree. Explain it to me in the movie. Don't make me waste time trying to do all of these things. Yeah. I didn't is, even do the prerequisite reading for classes in college. I'm not going to do it for a the movie. The thing is, like, yeah. Star Wars is in an impossible position, right? Because they couldn't have made <laughs> yes. a sequel trilogy that would have made everyone happy. They couldn't have made a sequel trilogy that was entirely accessible to people who were casual. Had they made that, the fans would have rioted even more. And then, of course, swinging back the other way, you can't make a series of films that's so catered to this like background information that only the most supery fans know. I think that's mm-hmm. where The Mandalorian was genius yes. because it had all those little things for super fans to pick up on and go, oh, yeah, I love that little Easter egg. But you could be a complete noob, I mean, entirely new to Star Wars, know nothing about it, and watch The Mandalorian yeah. and enjoy it. Now, here follow-up question to your order. Are you a person who has consumed some of the other like animated series and things? And do you, if you, if someone had all the time in the world, would you suggest them insert any of those? 
Yeah, I would say you could put the Mandalorian like you just said anywhere right. on this thing. And if you're remotely familiar with Star Wars, or even if you're not, they do a good job of telling you, hey, here's what's happening. I think the the you know Mandalorian is probably one of the be- better told stories in terms of hey Star Wars blankety blank right. it, the Star Wars the Mandalorian uh, is is a great job and it happens episodically so you can kind of take breaks and come in and not be completely confused as to what's going on um, I started the Bad Batch because I hadn't seen any of the others or there was uh, clones and then Rebels or yeah. Clone Wars um, but I, I started the Bad Batch because again I like what is it Taika Taika Waititi yeah. And I, yeah. I, okay, I, I didn't want to botch that name because I loved what he did with Thor. Yeah. Um, and so I'm a big fan of his. And so I wanted to, you know, just start it because I had time to kill. And I think that's a pretty good place to go after uh, Revenge of the Sith because yeah. it just follows up right after Order 66 is given um, and does a good job, I, I think, uh, in a family friendly way, too. Yeah. <laughs> so saying how bad because it gives you another uh, introduction to General Tarkin at that point. Obviously, becomes the Grand Moff right. later in his life, but to show that this guy's kind of a dick. Oh yeah, well, and that he has he has his own agenda from minute one, right? And for whatever reason, and I think that you know, there's always been this question in Star Wars since the prequels, like how did we get from an entirely clone army to in the original trilogy, they don't really address it, but they have different voices. Yeah. And then by the time you're in the sequels, they're conscripting children and like enslaving children. So they've gone completely the other direction. They're not growing their own clones. They are like stealing kids and manufacturing their own army. So what, you know, where did that transition begin? And I think we will find that out uh, some in the Bad Batch. Because it does set up for that where they're like, oh, we're going to use regular people now. And right. the regular people think they're better than the clones. And, and, wh- and exactly yeah. why is that? And of course, the Bad Batch is interesting because it's about the genetic mutations of the clones and how they started to get their own independence and how the cloning program started to, ki- it seems, kind of fall apart, which plays into the bits of the Mandalorian where they're trying to harvest baby Yoda's you know, DNA. And later in, in Rise of Skywalker, where you see that Palpatine has been, they've been failing to make clones of him for 25 years because of the, the dark side, you know, the dark power of the dark side of the force just tears clones apart when they, he tries to jump into them. So, all right. So again, I, I, and this is not a, a slight to you, Eric, I've never heard anyone, but I, but I get, I get where you're coming from as far as like, as just a movie viewer, giving yourself the most palatable experience and like the palate cleansers are genius to kind of give you little nuggets in there to remind you that these are good movies at the end of the day. <laughs> even yeah, and even then, the worst entries like, aren't terrible. They're still decent movies. They're just not like, so, you know, Empire Strikes Back is a masterpiece. Not everyone can be that movie. <laughs> yeah, and I think the the hardest transition from the original trilogy into the prequel trilogy is it was right at that time where they learned all the things we can do with CGI, but it wasn't quite there right. yet. But George Lucas was so excited about it that he dove headfirst into it. So like all the environments just look so plastic and fake behind them, and it's just not quite. It looks that where way now. But you have to remember yeah, that true. Lucas has always been an innovator in visual effects. He created ILM, which has been the, the the leader in the industry since then of visual effects. He's always been on the vanguard, right? That's why the original trilogy was, in some ways, was as big as it was, because everyone said, look at this George Lucas guy and what he's doing with these effects. I just wish during the prequel there was somebody there who said, we could just film this at a real yeah. location oh i agree not everything has to be green well, screen and, background and, or blue and screen. what's funny about that so with the sequel trilogy they went back to a lot more practical effects and it looked great 
But then with the Mandalorian, all of their sets were in that uh, in that blue screen. You know what I mean? And they and no one and everyone said that was the best thing that ever happened. So, in any case, yeah. Um, I want to save the chronological order of the story because I think let's talk about that last and let's include the TV shows in there. Because then that's obvious. I mean, yeah, you watch them in the order that the story occurs. And they're still, you know, as I said, um, it was a fan of the show, A. Schwal, Schwal55, shout out to you, that asked like, hey, I've been listening to your show. How do I watch Star Wars? And so I want to get to that order last because that's there. You guys made the joke earlier, and I told you that I would bring this back around. You know, no, I am your father. Everyone always says, Luke, I am your father, including me at the beginning. But it's no, I am your father. (laughs) Every now and again you meet this rare person in the world. And we, at at, at, uh, at the fan, Matty Ice, Matthew Hayes, friend of the show, we were talking about Star Wars, and he had been getting into The Mandalorian, and he, and he said, man, I've never seen Star Wars, and I want to watch it for the first time. We had this conversation. I remember and I this. said to him, yeah. okay, well, Matt, what's the big reveal of Star Wars? Like, what's the thing that is the big shocker in Star Wars. That's like earth shattering, man. And he's like, um, I mean, Luke's a Jedi. And I was like, okay, so like, <laughs> you don't know, there's like, you don't know about like the big reveal that like shocked everyone. He was like, no, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And in that moment, I got to feel like, because I went and saw the special editions, like the the re-releases in 97 and 98 leading up to Phantom Menace in 99. I went and saw those in theaters. I got to be that little kid through my adult friend who was like, no, man, I don't know anything about Star Wars. And so for the rare person in your life who might have have no idea how Star Wars works, there is what is called the machete method. And the machete method is the order in which you watch Star Wars to not spoil the big reveal while still getting all of the story. So the machete method also starts with A New Hope. Great entry into the series, gets you pumped up, introduces you to these characters around which the prequel and the sequel are built. You watch Empire Strikes Back. You get to the, no, I am your father scene, right? It's a, you know, that's the, that's the twist, that if you don't know it, like yes. Star Wars is new and, and, and exciting to you, right? And then you go back. Now, the machete method says don't watch Phantom Menace at all. I say watch the pod. I say what I said earlier. Watch the bookends around the pod race. Watch the bookends around the, the lightsaber fight at the end. It'll give you everything you need to know. In the machete method, you go from Empire to Attack of the Clones. You got to think you've watched A New Hope and Empire are two great films. It That gives you, you know, a good... You, you're up high, and then you have to watch the slog. But you get the Anakin Skywalker story through Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. And then you watch Return of the Jedi last in that order. And you have to keep in mind the Machete Method was released in the age of the internet before the sequel trilogy was a thing. <laughs> I wonder, too, if that makes episodes two and three more interesting because you're so invested in Darth Vader now, yeah. at that moment from the end of the empire strikes back. So then you're watching those two to see, okay, well, how did he get? And I think really, while, while the Phantom Menace is fun. And of course it's like, you get to know about Anakin Skywalker as a little boy, the character development happens in Anakin Skywalker as a teenager. And so I think that that's the point of this method is we get to see the, the, the question of how did Darth Vader, this like monumental monster of a bad guy, like how could he have ever been Luke Skywalker's father? And we learn how. 
then we return to Return of the Jedi, and you get to kind of see the Anakin Skywalker that, like, had good in him. You get to see that before the Return of the Jedi, where the whole theme of that movie is there's still good in Darth Vader. And you have now gotten the sort of background to believe that. Whereas in the original trilogy, you kind of had to take Luke's word for it. Because even Yoda and Obi-Wan said there's no good left in him. Even the two of them were just like, go kill Darth Vader. Like, all you got to do is kill Darth Vader. <laughs> because, and, and, you know, never, might not have ever told him or told him once he killed his own dad. Again, the Jedi, we Jedi are cool, and we like to think about how that they're super cool. But like, the Jedi are kind of the bad guys of most of the movies they're in, or at least the dumb guys. They're not like the super cool heroes most of the time. So yeah, and then of course you would watch the sequel trilogy. Um, I would like to say of the sequel trilogy that I thought the Last Jedi was great. <laughs> um, I thought that while the whole trilogy was disjointed, because you had one filmmaker and then a different filmmaker and then reactionarily the first filmmaker come back in who had scores to settle about all the things he <laughs> wanted to do um had they had any sort of a and didn't have an original plan right <laughs> for that third you know kind of did and didn't yeah like if he if jj abrams had had an original plan then maybe the second one would have worked in the line of the way you right. wanted the story to go but you didn't have a plan so you gave it to just gave it to Ryan Johnson and said, be a filmmaker. So that's what he did. I stand with The Last Jedi is a good movie, but it's not a great Star Wars movie. I can get behind that. And that's like the the problem, the disconnect. I think people. the thing that people like to hate The Last Jedi for is Luke Skywalker. And I would like to remind you that Luke Skywalker quit his training at its most crucial moment because he was worried his little friends were going to get dead. And uh, that Luke Skywalker was kind of a bitch. Like, I, I mean, we all related to Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy, but he was kind of a, he was like a young twerp. He didn't do the things. I mean, we were supposed to relate. He was like playing with toys at the beginning. Right. Of the we were supposed to relate to him. He's like whining, but I wanted to go get Ta Tashi Station to get power converters. And like I said, in, in, in Empire, he, he quits in the most crucial moment of his training to go and save his best friends who, I mean, Yoda's kind of a dick, but he's trying to save the universe. Like he says, like, listen, if you go do this. We kind of need you to beat the dark side. And if you go now, you might not do that. So, like, if you respect that your friends are are sacrificing themselves, like, Leia gives up her, would have given up her life for the rebellion. And it's like, Luke's like, no, I know better, even though I, you know, learned to be a Jedi a week and a half ago. Anyway, I don't. But he is his father's son. Well, I just don't have a problem with the Luke Skywalker so, like who, yeah, exactly, who who is emo so emotionally hurt when yes. something goes wrong that he goes and makes himself a hermit. I don't have a problem with that vision of Luke Skywalker. In fact, I kind of think that's the real deal. He's been told that he's this gen Also, like your complaint is that a 6-year-old is different than he was when he was 20? Yeah, exactly. Most people are. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess yeah, I I don't Most people change a little bit in 40 yeah, years. I, Just a time. I don't have I don't have an issue with with that version of Luke Skywalker who is told he's this generation's chosen one and like Remember, Luke is human. He blows up the, the the Death Star and goes from being a poor farmer to the hero of the galaxy in a, you know, in a two day span of time. And then he goes and he not takes down the galactic empire that a whole generation of Jedi couldn't. So guess what? If he starts a little. It, yeah, it would be like you've never played basketball and then you go win the NBA finals. And then you lose your first game. 
I mean, you know what I mean? Or you don't get into the conference championship the next year and, and you throw a tantrum. And guess what? That's more yeah. relatable than Luke Skywalker as impenetrable hero. It makes sense that that guy goes and starts a Jedi Academy and fails his own nephew because it's Star Wars and your family dynamics have to be screwed up. Fails his own nephew so badly that he kills everyone, including Baby Yoda, guys. And and yeah, Luke says, you know what? It's probably better that I'm not part of this new world because the Jedi have screwed up everything they've touched, including me. And even in Legends, Luke Skywalker at some point said, you know what? The Jedi aren't going to interfere anymore. We've done too much. And, you know, everyone likes to say Legends was better. But Legends also had like a mountain that cried so hard it threatened to kill all the Ewoks and like a force sensitive rabbit that was bouncing around like Bugs Bunny. The Legends wasn't that great, guys. It had Mara Jade and that's about it. <laughs> so anyway. Wait, they should have CGI'd that. Yeah, no kidding. In any case, I don't have a problem with that vision of Luke Skywalker. I think he comes back and he does the cool right thing and he sacrifices himself and becomes one with the force. And that's cool. And the thing that I think could have tied the trilogy or the sequel trilogy together a little bit better is if at, at, at the beginning of, of, of Rise of Skywalker, there's the scroll that talks about the Emperor's message to the universe. And that suddenly the, the dead speak is the scroll. The, the long dead Emperor Palpatine is transmitting a message to the entire galaxy. In fact, if you played Fortnite, apparently you could have that message just started transmitting at some point right before Rise of Skywalker. They're going to go back when they do the the edits. Uh, Star Wars always gets edited, you know, down the line. They're going to go back and they're going to add in a scene right at the end of The Last Jedi where Adam Driver, uh, Kylo Ren, is holding the dice in his hand, you know, and they disappear. And then somebody walks in and says, you know, Supreme, Supreme Leader, blah, blah, blah. All they have to do in post is edit it so that you hear... You know, I have returned from the vast darkness of the outer rim, and the galaxy shall be mine. Exactly. That's all they have to do, and everyone will go, oh, the dead speak, <laughs> and it will tie those two films together, and there will be no complaints. And they're definitely going to edit out the stable boy with the force sensitivity towards the broom. Yeah, who I was so bummed out. Like, he was <laughs> supposed to be in that. They did nothing with that. Yeah, they, they didn't do anything. I forgot about one. that part. It's like So... We've talked about these unconventional methods, but I think it's worth talking about. If you are truly a, like, a casual fan of Star Wars or kind of new to Star Wars and you want to watch everything that's available, here's how you do it from me to you. This list will change because soon you're going to have the High Republic stuff coming out and the Acolyte, which, by the way, I'm super excited for because I think the Acolyte's going to be about young Palpatine. But we can talk about that whenever it comes down the line. Young Palpatine in like a Saved by the Bell type <laughs> sitcom. That's how they in high school. Do with well, yeah, exactly. And shoved into a locker. It'll start with "Have you heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise?" And then it'll be a flashback, <laughs> like in The Hobbit, where you'll see a young Palpatine. Yeah, with a, yeah, with like a jean jacket and backwards oh, yeah, hat. Exactly. So I've split it into the Republic era, the Rebellion era, and the Resistance era. And here's what you should watch. You should start with Phantom Menace. It's okay. Pretend you're a kid. Pay most attention to the pod races and the sword fights, the lightsaber fights. Put your focus there. Don't think too much about Jar Jar. Although, can we... 
pause. Jar Jar is kind of the most important person in the Star Wars universe because he's the one that brings up the vote to like give grand powers to the Chancellor. So he's in fact the most important figure in Star Wars. But okay. My favorite rumor, I think it was before Darth J- uh, Jar Jar Force Awakens, was that Jar Jar was uh, Supreme Leader Snow, oh. and I wanted nothing to be true. Or, oh, like, I read that, I'm like, can that please happen? That would have been like Kylo Ren, Misa ashamed in you. Like what? <laughs> would have been phenomenal. That been wild. Do you do you yeah. know that in fact there is a? Do you want to know what happened to Jar Jar? Because I know what happened to Jar Jar. You have to it's say the it now. saddest thing that ever happened. <laughs> he became after he voted to give the the chancellor supreme powers and he like was no longer a representative in the galactic senate he died like penniless as a street entertainer who kids would spit on that's how jar jar's life ended so dark yeah no what? kidding right he like he was like a street clown that all everyone like he couldn't say his true name people spit on him and he died in the street like penniless Anyway, after being somebody who brought up the most important political action of yeah, the Star Wars universe, so much for his yep, legacy. Exactly. Okay, Republic era. You're gonna watch the Phantom Menace. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna watch Attack of the Clones. It's gonna be okay. The Clone Wars, the animated series. There's about half of those episodes you need to watch, which is 60 episodes. But if you can only watch one season, watch the final season of the Clone Wars, which deals with Ahsoka Tano, who we later see in The Mandalorian, who is Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. If you can only watch one small portion, watch the last season from like episode five on, because it tells the story of of the sort of schism between Anakin and Ahsoka, and you get to see Order 66 from a different perspective, which I think is, it is in fact, maybe the hardest I've cried at a Star Wars property was that the finale of that series. And if you need to be sold on watching animated Star Wars and you're not quite sure if it's going to be your t- your cup of tea, Dave Filoni, who was the the other person who worked with Jon Favreau on The Mandalorian, has been in charge of like all of right. the animated stuff, in- correct? Including The Bad Batch. So yeah, Dave, everything Dave Filoni touches turns to Star Wars gold. You should trust him with your time. Um, but if, if nothing else, watch the last half of the last season of The Clone Wars and you will be moved and you will understand Star Wars better. Then go and watch Revenge of the Sith, which is, I mean, I think go watch all the, as much of The Clone Wars as you can do because it tells a, it tells a story of between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And that makes Anakin Skywalker kind of a cool character and you get to understand his reputation as this like super powerful badass Jedi. But okay. Revenge of the Sith. Then start watching The Bad Batch because as Eric alluded to, like this is a, a cool show. It's an era of Star Wars that has never been explored directly after the, you know, the Empire rising and getting to see how the clone troopers were treated and how the early days of the Empire looked and how people reacted to that. So far, so good. Rebellion era. Go watch Solo, a Star Wars story. It's a fun movie. It, I, it's to me the most underrated Star Wars because it's just like a fun it's well acted it's like well written it's a fun movie I don't people only reacted badly to it because they wanted to punish Disney for the perceived slights of The Last Jedi and that sucks because that means that we're not going to get all the movies we were going to get I guess that's why we have Disney Plus now <laughs> go watch Star Wars Rebels after that it's four seasons and they're good they're good shows you'll know which ones you can skip because they will not they'll just sort of be bottle episodes or they won't be directly tied to the plot but you get to see one of the early rebel cells and get to meet up with ahsoka tano again and you get to see 
the return of Darth Maul as a character. Uh, you get to see, you know, uh, Boba Fett as a kid. I know that's in Clone Wars, but like Boba Fett shows up in some of these animated things too. But go watch, go watch it. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, spectacular, fun entry, gives you some some background, lets you see the original trilogy in a whole new light. Watch the original trilogy. Enough said. Um, I don't think you have to watch Star Wars Resistance, which is a cartoon that's set uh, shortly, you know, in the time frame around The Force Awakens. I don't think you need to watch it. It's not that good. I, and I and actually, okay. I don't think Dave Filoni had anything to do with that one. I think it's the one he didn't have something to do with. I could be wrong. The Mandalorian, as we all know, is spectacular. And then go watch, the, you know, go watch the sequel trilogy and give it give it a little bit of leeway and think about what we said about how, you know, Luke Skywalker's human and maybe he fails and maybe this is what would happen. Other than that, I mean, I think that was people's big issue. The Rise of Skywalker has pacing problems because it's just so breakneck for the first 40 minutes. And then, yeah, you you know, you said it. There's like a few fetch quests that could have been consolidated in a pretty easy way. <laughs> yeah, they, they do one where they go to find something that gives them the information to, go find, to something find something else. else. Yeah, and just combine exactly those. <laughs> agreed. The, again, there are some issues with the sequel trilogy, and I I've said it on this show before. I think most people are going to relate most strongly to the Star Wars that was the Star Wars when they were a kid. Uh, you know, Eric, I, I won't speak for you, but like I'm going to give the past to the sequel or the prequel trilogy most of the time because it was the Star Wars that was new when I was a kid. Yeah, it's cringy, but I'm going to watch it. I have a niece for whom like the sequel trilogy is her Star Wars and she's all about like everything about it and loved it and i think when you look at it that like and for the peer, the people who've been in star wars for 50 years and and the original trilogy was their star wars when they were a kid like you're gonna read that's one that one's gonna resonate most strongly with you because it's a series of movies and television shows that at least at their heart are meant for children <laughs> yeah there are things that adults can get out of it but they're made for kids yeah so get just be everyone needs to stop being so damn cynical and just be a kid sometimes like turn on good movies and enjoy them for what they are have a good time i mean we run a podcast that's all about dissecting pop culture but like i hope if you get anything from nerd association it's that you should try to love it and think of it like get some joy out of it and not just always cut it apart like it's reddit or something I've said before that, yeah, like it, a movie has to be really, really bad for me to think that like after I, especially if I see it in a theater for me to think that it wasn't worth my time because at a certain point I'm like, did it entertain me for the two hours? It was on the screen. Okay. Then it did its job. Yeah. We can, we can think back to it and then things fall apart if you try to nitpick it. And that is fun and can be an effective way to make a podcast sometimes, but it's not an effective way to enjoy something just while you're watching it on the TV screen. A lot of things aren't great uh, as far as the storytelling mechanics and how it's put together, but it's still entertaining. And that's really the end goal. So as long as it's entertaining, when I think all the Star Wars movies are, yeah. except maybe, maybe Attack of the Clones. It's still you're, entertaining. You're pretty good. It's just, you know, there's parts where you cringe a little bit. And there's At a lot of fast forwarding. Yeah, there's a lot of fast yeah. forwarding in that movie once you've seen it once. At least you get a lot of Ewan McGregor. So that that's always He's good. magnificent. I mean, the, yes. the, the Obi-Wan scenes in that movie are maybe some, some of the greatest Star Wars. And there's a reason we're getting a Kenobi show, because he was so good as that character. And people want to see more of that. So... Well, 
I'm I'm breathless with my own <laughs> passion about Star Wars. Just love Star Wars, folks, and keep watching it. And guess what? If you look at the lineup, there's going to be Star Wars for at least the next 10 years on Disney+. Plus. We'll get Star Wars tour in the ground. Exactly. And, it, and then hopefully beyond it for our and then, children and, and our then. children's children. That's my piece. All right. Well, <laughs> as the, the one who doesn't have a specific order, I think... Daniels, yours is so robust that I feel like it would take like six months of my life. Oh yeah, to to watch all of it, and that and there's a part of me that says, "Nah," and that would be really worth it at the end. But I think research is a little more accessible to your everyday person. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I can sit down in a couple weekends, knock this one out. So they they both have their merits, but. Yeah, the, it's very interesting to see how people can come up with their different orders. And as we keep adding movies, it, it's fun to see how uh, the list can be dynamic and where you're going to put these yeah, ones. Like sure. where, like where's the Obi-Wan series going to fall if you want to put that into your movie list? Right. And I think I think it can't be said enough that, you know, you just have to go in with it thinking like there's no wrong way to do right. this. Like there's no, uh, it's like uh, drinking a, a glass of wine or a drinking a beer. There's no wrong way to do it. There's just ways that some people might like more than others. But at the end of the day, they didn't venture out to make shit movies. So nobody like went into any of those things like this is going to bomb. I'm going to hate right. it. I'm going to hate everybody. Part of it. Like they went in saying, I'm going to try to make the best movie, tell the best story that I can. And, and you know, I, I know that's very like flowery of, of someone to say, like, just appreciate the work of art. But. It, you know, but also do it. Did you it, <laughs> like? Yeah, it's, none right. of these it's are like, low budget cash grab movies. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, The Rise of Skywalker has a little bit of a tinge of J.J. Abrams having a, like a need to get back at the Last Jedi. Sure. Yes. a little bit. Well, I think that's, the studio. That's there. But I think the studios were scared, and also J.J.'s bad at endings. If we've learned anything about J.J. Abrams, he's not good at the true. end of things. <laughs> he either does bad ones or doesn't do one really right. at all. So. I and I, I can't agree with Eric enough that like just go watch Star Wars and enjoy it. There is, you know, don't be a snob about it. <laughs> just just imbibe. And look, if you don't like something, fast forward. Yeah. You know, and if you find yourself asking a question, maybe it was that scene you fast forwarded. If not, then you've literally saved yourself time. Because again, like we've said, a lot of these movies have parts in it where you're like, you don't have to. Because when they go, what, find the Sith holocron or find the thing that sends them to the Sith holocron, it's like. I could skip that. Yeah, you, you'll do miss Billy like, D. Williams briefly, but it'll be all right. Like, just do it. It's fine. There's lo there's levels to the story of how much you want to get into lore and how much you want to understand it. But like Daniel said, at the end of the day, they are movies for children. So even if yeah, you do fast forward and you think you miss something, you're probably gonna get it. It's good versus evil. It's literally called the light side versus yeah. you know versus the dark side. It's gonna you're gonna understand what's going on for the most part. And if you're can, whenever the mouse is involved, oh sorry, uh, no, I was gonna say continue. When Whenever the mouse is involved, you're not really looking to win any kind of awards with it. It's just for entertainment purposes only. And if you're confused, here's a segue, gentlemen. If you're confused, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, tweet at us at nerdassoc, N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. You can also email us nerdassoc at gmail.com where you can let us know what you'd like to hear on the show or even come on and be one of our nerds. Uh, we'd like to thank Eric Reeser for joining us today for all of your insights. Thank you for introducing me to a new way to watch Star Wars, which I didn't know was even possible. And uh, it's great having you on. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, 
great doing this with you guys. And just as we kept talking, I'm like, maybe if during your viewing, you've got an N64 lying around or an old uh, GameCube or an old video game system, try Star Wars Pod Racing, try Knights of the Old Republic, try one of those old school Star Wars games that, hell, you can get on eBay for $10. That'll help you with that. And kill some time because those games I grew up on and I can't speak to just how much fun that they were like uh, uh, what's it the battlefront yeah. is probably on the newer systems that you can play with friends do that it'll help you and you can kill some things in the process <laughs> absolutely great advice thanks again Eric and thanks to our listeners uh, we'll be back with you again next week 